be mad though. Nobody ever told me that a BA means almost nothing anymore. Not my kind of BA anyway. If I knew something definite, the way you know Latin, for instance, I could walk right into a teaching job, at least at a private school like yours, where you don't absolutely have to have a degree in education. As it is, without graduate school, I don't see what there is for me. Amanda sighed. So I might as well flip a coin, spend the summer scorching here in the Missouri drought, or else cross the Mississippi and sweat in the soggy heat at home while I look for some kind of a job. Oh, God knows what. Cecile reminded her. No matter what you decide, you'll have to come back up here for my wedding. You've got to be a bridesmaid. I'm paying the airfare and buying the dress, so no argument about it. Come stay for a couple of weeks with me, Norma urged. I have a hunch that might help you solve your problem, if you know what I mean. No, I don't know what you mean. Norma laughed. You know perfectly well. My brother Larry is more than a little bit crazy about you. He thinks you're absolutely beautiful. Well, so she is, Cecile said stoutly. Your brother Larry doesn't know a thing about me. I've been in your house only twice for two weeks each time. What can you tell about a person in those few days? You can tell plenty, Cecile declared, still stoutly. Why, Peter and I both knew after the first three days, right here on this campus. Peter Mack, the senior, and Cecile Newman, the freshman. It was all unheard of, and still we both knew, no matter what anybody said. Amanda studied her fingernails. Shell pink ovals with white tips in the French style. They were beautifully cared for by herself. She was thinking of Larry's latest letter that had come yesterday. By now, if she had saved all the letters, she would have more than a dozen of them, but she had not saved them. Thoughtful and quite correct, they were also far too frank and effusive. To be admired is one thing, but this was so sudden as to be absurd. And yet, here was Cecile, with her tale of three days. Abruptly, Amanda changed the subject. Weren't we going to have somebody take our picture downstairs in front of the house before we leave? She asked. Norma said quickly, Yes, but not today, and not a full-length picture. I need to press a long skirt first. Automatically, the two friends glanced at, and as quickly away from, Norma's legs. Shapeless and thick, the ankles measured the same as the knees. Held together, they were almost as wide as somebody's small waist. These legs were the bane of Norma's existence. Bane being poison. In a way, they had poisoned her life, or she had allowed them to do so. I have no time now anyway, Amanda said. Sundale's coffee shop awaits me, she mocked. Any clair, madame, or will you have two? A few minutes later, Amanda left the rooms the three girls shared. Suddenly, I feel so sorry for her, Cecile exclaimed when the door had closed. She never seemed to be the kind of person you'd feel sorry for. Today is the first time... She's been wearing a mask all the time, Norma said. Haven't you realized that? She must have been awfully deprived. I, I can't believe you haven't seen that in her. Probably, said Cecile with a small, rueful smile. I haven't because I've been too spoiled all my life. You're the least spoiled person, Cecile, given your circumstances. You're merely inexperienced. Well, I certainly know that it can't be exactly easy to be on a scholarship work-study program, but so many people do it that it doesn't seem quite so. She has more on her mind than that, Norma said, interrupting. 
Things must be pretty bad at home, and being up here can only have made them seem worse. She's very torn between going back or getting away for good. I get hints of it when she's at my house, but only hints. When Sundell's closed at eleven o'clock, Amanda walked out into a clear, soft night. Most of the employees turned toward the avenue, there to catch the day's last bus for the long ride into the city. Only one young woman, who lived in the town, took Amanda's direction toward the university. She was considerably younger than Amanda, only a senior in high school. Yet in these fifteen-minute walks to the spot where their ways parted, they had developed a kind of intimacy. You going to be sorry to leave college? The young woman, whose name was Terry, asked. In a way, in another way, I sometimes think I'm sorry I ever came. You aren't. Gee, if I could go there, I'd give anything. Even though I'm glad I'm going to state you, it's half the price, maybe less. Gee, so much seems to depend on money, doesn't it? Under the sky's weak night light, Amanda glimpsed the girl's upturned face. Its innocence was not four years, but forty years younger than her own. Gee, Terry continued, however, did you get a scholarship? You must have been head of the class. Well, I was, Amanda said. I had A's all through, but all A's aren't equal to each other, you know. There wasn't much competition at home. Here I got B pluses, and believe me, I had to work hard to get them. Terry, still curious, had another question. How did you get to room with those two girls? I was in three of Norma's classes. We got talking, and we liked each other. Then, when Norma and Cecile got those rooms, they asked to have me assigned to the third bedroom. Who's the pretty one with the dark hair and the plaid pleated skirt, sort of athletic-looking and preppy? That's Cecile. She is athletic. She plays lacrosse. What's the matter with the other one's legs? It's something about her glands, Cecile told me, pituitary or thyroid or something. With legs like those, you'd want to die, wouldn't you? I don't know. I only know she's one of the nicest people I've ever met. Oh, there came a pause, and then another question: Why did you say you're sorry you ever came here? When I have the right answer to that, I'll tell you, Terry. Here's my street. Get home safely. All was dark and quiet, except for a dim light in the hall when Amanda went back to the dorm. Tiptoeing into her room, she had a sense of being, in a vague way, an intruder here. Even though there was no sensible reason for feeling like that, restless now, not ready for sleep, although it was midnight and she had been rushing around since five o'clock, she went slowly through her nightly routine, repairing chipped polish on her nails, spreading lotion on her feet, and caring for her teeth, which were strong and even. You have a short upper lip, Norma, who noticed details, had remarked. So your teeth show when you smile. You're lucky that they're so perfect. Luck. Yes, she had had a good deal of it after all. She would never have been here if she hadn't come from Mill River and had been a little bit, no, quite a good deal, different from the rest of her class. And besides all that, she had made these two friends, the first real ones she had ever had. In a way, she felt closer to them than to her own sisters, although she hated to think so. They were from another world, those two, Cecile and Norma. Friends from their kindergarten year at some private country day school that, in the snapshots at least, 
was apparently surrounded by lawns. Some might wonder, judging by outward appearances, what Cecile might possess in common with Norma. But anyone who knew them both would understand. For in some ways, Norma was extraordinary. She had quite literally a photographic memory. You would have to see it in action to believe it, Amanda thought now. Norma could scan a page in a textbook and then repeat the whole thing. As for Norma's brother Larry, well, he was nice enough, very calm and friendly. He was a large man, seeming older than twenty-six, with hair already thinning and a square face with brown eyes like Norma's. Neither Larry nor Norma had their father's cool, severe good looks. The father's name was Lawrence. Lawrence Balson. Larry hated being a junior. One night on the porch, he had confided in Amanda and told her so. He would gladly have used his middle name, Daniel, were it not that his father liked the sound of Lawrence, Jr. That seemed to be a foolish concession on Larry's part, unless you reckoned the advantages of not angering a father whose name was on signs scattered all over the county, Balson Real Estate. The company had three offices. Larry ran two of them. Five years ago, he had been graduated summa cum laude from this same university. Highest praise. Norma was so proud of her brother that she might have been his mother. Well, that was easy enough to explain. Their mother had died, their father was remote, and the children had clung together. Brushing until her scalp tingled, Amanda reflected. People were so endlessly fascinating with their motives and quirks. What was it about herself, for instance, that had caused Larry Balson to fall in love with her? Surely he must know dozens of pretty girls. Yet surely, too, if she wanted, she could catch him. It was easy to tell when a man was teetering on the verge. But she really, really, as Norma would say, didn't want him. Those few embraces on the porch swing had been proof enough. She had felt nothing, and she wanted to feel everything. At noon a few days later, Amanda stepped out of the bus into the pouring sunshine of central Mississippi. She walked along the length of Main Street, not even glancing at the shops, for she knew by heart what was in each window and what had always been in them. The town dozed. It was, in its torpor, extraordinarily ugly, except perhaps for the sapphire sky above it. There was nothing here to give greeting or to please the eye. She had never noticed that before. Her bulging suitcase, which needed new wheels that she hadn't had time to get, weighed her down on one side. She had to change hands after every few hundred steps. Over her arm dangled the lightweight carry-on that was Cecile's and Norma's going-away present. Striped in black and white, it was so pretty that her glance had kept returning to it all through this long day. In it were a book for the plane and the three bus changes that had brought her home. In it also was her diploma. In a spot of shade, she had to stop and sit down on a boulder to rest her trembling arms. Here was the familiar crossroads. The school was on the right, and home was two miles straight ahead. It seemed to her that everything looked gray. After a few minutes, she stood up. There was only one more bend in the road before, under a live oak. One of her sisters would be waiting for her. The family would have consulted the bus schedule and timed the walk home, as they always did whenever there was no car available to fetch anyone from town. Yes, there indeed and at last was Lorena, with a large, cheerful smile on her still childish face. And with glad cries, the sisters rushed to meet.
Lorena's room contained a bed and a crib for the new baby. They had had to bring in a cot for Amanda, since the house, especially since Lorena had come back with her three children, was bursting at the seams. You look different, Lorena had said immediately when they met. You always were different, Amanda, but now you're more so. Well, you look the same, still pretty. But it was not true. Lorena had puffs under her eyes and hollows in her cheeks. She was too thin. She had aged. Aged at twenty-seven. A lump of pity stuck in Amanda's throat. Of course, you didn't have to be like this simply because you lived in Mill River. You didn't need to marry a ne'er-do-well while both of you were in a state of ridiculous, thoughtless infatuation. You didn't need to have more children than you could afford, as Dad and Mom had done. It all depended upon how you, as a thinking person, made your choices. Now, lying awake on the thin, lumpy mattress, Amanda's mind wandered back to the supper table where, a few hours ago, she had been enveloped by a loving welcome. Exactly as she had expected, they were taking it for granted that she had come home to stay with them. With that diploma you've got, you could get a nice job here, Mom had said. Her forehead was marked with anxious wrinkles. A nice job in an office at the high school. I'll bet you could if you asked, Amanda. I'll bet you could. Then Dad. Maybe even in the office at the plant. Hey, you and Lorena and me going off to work together. Me and Lorena in our work duds. And you trotting upstairs in your high heels with diamonds in your ears. He chuckled. How about that? That they could make jokes and be jolly here. Yet here is where she had grown up and gotten used to it all to the smell of fried grease and the littered, untidy kitchen. A person could very likely get used to all of it again if she had to. A desolate rain beat on the window, and Amanda, as the night wore on, had a strange sensation of being disconnected, of floating with a fearful need to grasp something solid. It seemed to her at last that the only solid substance with which she had had any contact was her friendship with Norma and Cecile. Cecile's people were only farmers, apparently, but a family like Norma's, never mind her brother, would have a golden key that would open many doors. Long before the dull, rainy dawn, Amanda had made her decision. Norma had invited her to spend a few weeks at her house before Cecile's wedding. So then she would stay home here until next Monday, would with some pangs of sharp regret kiss them all goodbye, and would leave for Michigan. The porch swing creaked and jerked as it swung. Larry had an annoying habit of propelling it too high with his feet. Amanda, sitting beside him, wished he would stop. After the third week here...